0: One of the very liberating positions I I think we all find ourselves in now is that if there was ever a time in our career where we could do really whatever we wanted to do, this is the time.
1: Hey guys, James Wilson Taylor here for Rock Sound. Now Deathcap for Cutie are back with a brand new album. You've heard a couple of singles already. I'm delighted to say that on the line right now we have Ben to tell us all about it. How are you, Ben? I'm good. How are you, man? Not too bad, not too bad. Where do I find you uh, today? It sounds like you were uh, somewhere very glamorous. You were just saying off off a the mic there.
0: <laughs> I would, I don't know if glamorous is the right word, but I'm in uh, I'm in Chamonix, France. Uh, my wife and I are here for a vacation, and I'm um, sticking around for a week, hanging out with some friends, and running up in these insane mountains. It's just absolutely gorgeous here.
1: Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous way to end your summer right there. Absolutely. And, you know, what an exciting time to talk to you, man. I appreciate you taking the time on this because obviously new music's kind of imminent. Like I say, we've already heard some of it. I guess a good place to start with this is really when did these ideas start coming together for you? You know, I know when the couple of years stopped and touring stopped and everything, a lot of artists kind of decided, I don't want to write anything right now. I just want to clear my head. What was that process like for you? When did these ideas kind of start to formulate?
0: Uh... I, you know, I, I, I usually start writing for a new record in the, you know, months after the, the previous one comes out. I kind of feel like I, I have this, after we finish a record, I have kind of like a creative empty nest syndrome. And then um, I, I need to kind of clear the decks of whatever music is kind of uh, waiting to come out before I can start working. So, you know, I started working on music before the pandemic, but it was really when things kind of hit and we were all kind of resigned to our homes that I feel like I really started getting... Down to work. Um, I, th- I think for the first month or so, when we thought we would be in in our homes for like two weeks or something, uh, that uh, I, you know I was it was nervous and really know what's going on. But then once we realized we're going to be here for a while, um, I kind of started really getting to work
1: yeah no no smart move and you know what great results i gotta say really been enjoying the singles uh so far i want to touch on a few of them mainly with the roman candles which of course was kind of the kickoff launch kind of moment for it great music video for that as well really really cool idea there um uh, but you. just tell me a little bit about where that one kind of came to be it feels like a real kind of that, that sort of quintessential sound you guys are known for it seems like a real signature track that one yeah i i feel i feel
0: like it's kind of got the it's in its bones it's a very kind of traditional death cap song but when, when I was writing it, I, you know, it was one of the last songs that I wrote for the record. And I realized that we didn't really have, I wanted something on the record that was very like short and to the point and kind of just punch you in the face. Um, and a lot of the other songs on the record, at least at that point that we were considering were kind of meandering and they were kind of in a very traditional uh, take your time to get there kind of way uh, that we tend to write music. But I, I felt I just wanted something on the record that was, that really felt like you were being assaulted for a couple of minutes. So um, I kind of brought in a demo that was kind of a, a light version of what ended up on the record. And then um, John Congleton, who produced the record, just absolutely took it into outer space, as he tends to do with most of the stuff he, he works on.
1: Yeah, no, it worked really, really nicely. Like I said, what a kind of great video to go with it. And like powerful, I think, is the phrase. I think that one particularly is going to sound very, very good during the live set. It makes a lot of sense. And then um, kind of jumping forward, the most recent cut we've heard is obviously uh, Foxcuff Through the Kick Cut. And mm-hmm. I've heard you say kind of elsewhere that that actually felt like maybe one of the more personal moments on the record for you. Just want to expand on that a little bit. You know, what was it about that idea, that lyric that kind of uh, made you want to open up the most, the most, I guess, in terms of the wider record?
0: I guess usually when I'm writing uh, songs, I'm, I've i got a very clear picture of who the subject of the song is, whether it's somebody that I know or it's an amalgamation of people um, that I'm kind of writing about or to. And with Foxglove, I, I just had this kind of series of images of somebody. It was like I could see the frame of a person, um, but I couldn't really see the face. It was kind of a faceless person I was writing about. and. I just kind of kind of followed that path throughout the song, and it was only really after the song was finished that I realized that I was kind of both a narrator and the protagonist of the song. Um, and you know, I, I think it's it's it would take probably the whole time we have to kind of talk about what the song means to me. But I, I think at the at the end of the day, it's it's it was a very unusual experience for me creatively to find myself um, realizing that a song was about me after it was already done usually if i'm writing about myself or my own experiences those things are fairly obvious while i'm writing about them but in this particular case it was it was only after the fact that when the song was done and and that was kind of it took me aback a bit that i could be so ignorant of my own participation in the song if that makes any sense
1: no no no, that definitely makes sense it's interesting it feels like you're almost in kind of a reflective mood in a way and i guess that's going to come when it's you know, I mean, we're, we're, I think at the point or past the point now of like 25 years as a band, effectively, you know, a quarter of a century doing something, it's natural. You're sure. going to look back and kind of see what's worked at that time. Did you find that process in the album at all? Did you feel like you were kind of looking back and, and seeing how far you've come, I suppose, when when thinking about newer music and where to go next?
0: I think with every record, there's certainly a couple songs where I feel like I'm looking, overtly looking backwards. I think uh, Ram McNally is a song that I, I kind of wrote kind of about the early days of the band and and kind of to and about people who had been in the band or friends of ours that we had toured with or whatever it might be and kind of making the making kind of the the uh the statement to then that you know I wouldn't let the light fade like I would kind of take this responsibility and this honor that I have and still being able to do this still being able to do music for a living 25 years later I take that very seriously and I think uh even more so than probably when I was younger and the band was relatively new, I I, I very much recognize at this point in my career and my life how fortunate I am to do this at, at all, but certainly to do it for a living and to, to do it at the level that we've been able to do it. So uh, it's, it's not that there's ever been a record that I've written or that we've been working on that. I've been like, oh, that's fine. That's good enough. I'm always trying to do my best. But I think the longer this band exists, the more kind of uh, focused I feel I am on making sure that we're trying to do the best work we possibly can rather than something that might just be like, oh that'll do. Uh because I I I don't I don't want to waste anybody's time. Certainly and and, you know for a band that's been around as long as we have and has made some records that people have really connected with, um I'm not particularly interested in uh just wanting wanting to be a band that's just people are waiting for the hits, you know. Um I, I wanna be a band that, you know, that, that has new music that is vital and important and has life in it, you know? And, you know, when the record's out and people listen to it and they hear it, they can make those distinctions from themselves if that the music has that level of meaning for them. But, you know, it's important to just, dis- I think it's an important distinction to say that you know we that we i and we are trying to continue to make the best music we possibly can that we're trying to do things that are new for the band and not just kind of settle into mid-tempo acoustic numbers or whatever you know
1: yeah that's no that's always the way isn't it you know you can't you can't let anything go stale you want to be trying new things and want to challenge yourself otherwise what's the point you got to keep pushing yourself forward you've got to keep yourself interested more than anything else because then that always flows through the music for the audience too right
0: well yes and and one of the very liberating positions i i think we all find ourselves in now is that if there was ever a time in our career where we could do really whatever we wanted to do, this is the time because, uh, you know, you know, at, at this point in our career, I don't think we're at like a, every record that we put out at 25 years in is going to be the make or break record for the rest of our career. Right. Um, so you can either take that, you can either throw your hands up and take it, uh, not so much personally, but you can kind of see it as like a, um, a detriment to where you are in your career or you can take it as a very liberating position and say like, look, I have, yeah, let's have a spoken word piece in this record. There's something we would never do before. Why the fuck can't we do it now? We can do whatever we want.
1: Yeah, no, very liberating. Great attitude to have. It makes a lot of sense. I want to mention on the album as well, you know, it's a question I'm sure you've been asked a million times over the years, but I genuinely am fascinated by album titles. I always ask artists this because I, even though I know obviously there's a title track on this record, but I'm always really interested to hear why an artist chooses a phrase to sum up the whole collection. So Asphalt Meadows, why did you decide, even though you got the title track on there and everything, why did you decide that was the phrase you wanted to actually sum up this record as a whole?
0: I think we really like. You know the the imagery that that those two words kind of uh, kind of brought up in our minds when we said them together. You know, I, I think for me the title while is while also is the name of a song on the record and kind of as a part of a lyric. For me, I you know I when one thinks of a meadow, I think of a very tranquil, beautiful place, and you know as we as human beings have kind of. Uh, Conquered nature, so to speak, over the course of you know our existence on this planet, we've come to also see cities as beautiful, right? We've come to see urban landscapes as beautiful, and certainly when you see New York City or London or whatever from from an airplane, you know you look down and you go, oh that's so beautiful, look at that city, it's so amazing. The same way that you would look, you know, at a meadow and be like, what a what a beautiful kind of setting, but if you know, but as you peel back the grass and you see all the bugs and things and the detritus, everything underneath it, uh, the, the further you look into it, the less majestic it, it ends up seeming and the more conflicted uh, landscape it is. And I feel that way for cities, you know, they look beautiful, beautiful from a distance, but the further you kind of get into them, they become uh, conflicted and a little bit more uh, dark and real. And so I I, I really like those two words together. You know, it it was kind of a, those two words that I kind of just sang while I was writing that song, and they just kind of felt really good to me. And I felt they kind of worked very nice metaphorically as a title
1: for the album. Yeah, no, I think it definitely fits well. Like you say, it's a very evocative. Image, isn't it? The beauty of a city, and especially when, uh, you know, the last couple of years. Not that I want to dwell on it so much, but when you see those images of them completely empty, it sort of takes on this whole yeah. new meaning in a, in a really kind of interesting way. Um, I do want to kind of look back a little bit with you because uh, you guys have been keeping busy over the last couple of years yourself, in particular. Uh, I want to mention the covers EP, of course. First of all, that was a little bit mm-hmm. uh, of a way back now, the George EP. But um, I would love to hear just why you chose that—that that very different selection of songs. It was a really nice mix in there what was it about those particular tracks that that appealed to you and made you want to take on your own kind of version of it well we had done
0: that ep as a fundraiser on Bandcamp for uh the runoff elections in the state of georgia here in the states and we had you know we have often kind of worked with certain organizations and tried to do fundraising and voter drives and things here in the states and i think that our our main you know, our our main kind of cause from the very beginning of this band has been voter registration and voter rights. We feel that in, in America, uh, you know, I, I might not I might not like the results of an election, but if the overwhelming majority of people are able to vote who are who are who are, you know, um, registered to vote are able to cast their vote and democracy is able to work. Then you know I can be I can come to peace with the results, whether or not they're for the candidate that I'm particularly supporting. And in this particular case, you know, we wanted to kind of do something unique that would raise money for uh, Fair Fight, which is an organization in Georgia that specifically was working with uh, with the campaigns in Georgia. So we figured, like, let's just kind of go through our rolodex of some of our favorite songs that are that are artists from the state of Georgia or who particularly got came to prominence in the state of Georgia. There were some people who were uh, online who were very upset that we had chosen a Neutral Milk Hotel song because uh, he is actually from Louisiana. And people were like, he's actually from Ruston, Louisiana. He's not from Athens. Like, I mean, come on, dude. They were an Athens fan. But like, yeah, they were elephant sticks. I mean, lighten up. So we kind of felt, we, all, we kind of just powwowed. We did the whole EP in less than two weeks and we did it all remotely from our home studio. So we just were like, let's pick some songs. Let's do this. This was an idea that I had. And like let's just let's just knock it out quick. And because we're all in our homes, of course, and we can't really leave, we're like, yes, let's do I want something on a deadline. I want something that I have to do right now, versus waiting on going into a proper reporting studio to make a record whenever we might get a chance to do that.
1: Here's something else I wanted to mention, you know, from the last couple of years, actually. It's that connection that um you guys have always had a long kind of pop culture connection with, of course, the OC, which you know you were obviously a big reference point that show. I don't know if you've noticed this. But maybe it's just in the uk that show became a bit of a streaming thing for a new generation like my younger brother's generation discovered that for the first time during lockdown because it was more freely available and then of course they were suddenly looking up all the soundtracks you guys obviously a very very prominent part of that i don't know i just found it really interesting to see that this particular younger generation that's maybe like like early 20s late teens kind of younger generation suddenly discovering the band in this way again like people my age did the first time in a lot of ways i don't know it just feels like that connection never really goes away is that something you kind of know Notice it all
0: you know i i you were the first person to tell me that uh that would make sense right i mean there are you know it's it's been pretty wild to see the power uh within pop culture that you know streaming has now and kind of the i mean the the most obvious example is that running up that hill by kate bush is like a number one song in america now which is one of my favorite songs of all time so you know, and I and I I hadn't watched Stranger Things until that had happened, and I was like, why are why is everybody talking about the song? I was like, oh, I get it now. So, you're the first person to tell me that. That would I guess that would make sense, right? I mean, it's I don't think the OC has been streaming, you know, it's not it's not on any of the major platforms I'm aware of, like Netflix or whatever here yet. Um, but yeah, that that that's been a phenomenon here with like the show Friends. You know, a lot of Gen Z are into the show Friends now um, here, so. Yeah, i mean at the time that was i have noticed as we've traveled around the world um you know we were fairly established in in, in america when the oc came out um and it, it of course you know there were a lot of things happening in the in the culture at that time and indie rock as like a genre kind of broke in 2003 2004 in a way that it, it had never done before due to a number of factors but as we traveled around the the world you know certainly in the wake of the oc it was very interesting That we would get to a country and that's all they'd want to talk about and we were like well what is going on here it's like oh well the show beat us there right the show was there before we were or you know we maybe had some people knew our band in france but the show was being syndicated there so people were watching the show and finding out about the band that way so it was really interesting to kind of see places around the world where this very odd confluence of pop culture things was was the people's first introduction to our band. And, you know, I, I you know, at the time, I think I was a little bit skittish about it because, you know, we were we were concerned that uh, all the momentum that we had kind of built and all the work we had done was being usurped by a network television show and that, you know, we were losing kind of whatever modicum of cred we had, had at that time. Um, but, you know, I, as, as the years went on and, you know, the, the effect of the show kind of um, Became just kind of a cha- one of many chapters in the band's history. Um, it's something that I fully embrace now, and I'm 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 glad that it happened. And you know, I really believe that there's no wrong way to find out about music. If a 19 year old kid is listening to Kate Bush now because of Stranger Things, man, I'm, I'm all for it.
1: You know yeah i absolutely love the way those things can come back and songs can just kind of pop up again after so many years it's just a really really nice thing and a good way for new music discovery and and speaking to that as well you know something else of yours that's uh, very much enjoyed i want to touch on briefly postal service because we're about i mean mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong are we coming up on like the 20th anniversary since like such great heights that must have been 2003 right
0: yeah it was i think march or april 2003 yeah
1: Wow. Absolutely wild. I mean, again, what another enduring success. I mean, the amount of bands in our world we've seen, you know, covering songs uh, from that project and everything's just been, you know, just continuing, continuing phenomenon. I guess the questions there are what, uh, what have you kind of taken away from that time that's kind of fed into anything you've done with Death Cab or anything since? And also, I suppose, now the 20th is coming up are there any plans to mark that in any sort of way i'm not necessarily saying live shows or anything like that but you know is there any plans to sort of think you know what let's let's try and mark it even a little bit
0: i'm sure i'm sure we'll come up with some way to kind of mark that anniversary it seems like uh it, it seems like it's you know 20th 10th you know like kind of like you know uh multiples of 10 are good are good kind of uh multiples to kind of remind people of records or films or books or whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think that we were, I think that that record was the recipient of very of great timing. Um, you know, when we were making that record, I was kind of taking a lot of cues from a lot of the electro pop stuff that I grew up with in the eighties. And, you know, for the most part, a lot of computer based electronic music in the late nineties, early aughts was very cold, very academic. Um, it was very process driven. And not a lot of people were, were ma- using computers to make fun music or catchy music. So it, it wasn't as if I, I certainly don't see it as that we were we were not pioneers or we certainly weren't making anything new. I think we were just reintroducing people to a style of music that, um, you know, a certain generation had not been necessarily exposed to. Uh, and we just we just benefited from really good timing. We have to be like one of the first people to do it, <laughs> you know, and and now you know I don't think I don't think in direct uh directly because of our influence, but just because of the many ways that people make the fact that more young people are making music on computers than with guitars, it seems these days. Um, It feels that that kind of template of using computers and synthesizers and drum machines to make electronic pop music is just kind of that's just what indie rock is now for the most part
1: yeah no definitely seen that development over the last 20 years it's so, fun, so funny like how those things again just come back around again isn't it all that in- instrumentation that worked so well that time it's kind of coming back around again it's really interesting um i do yeah. want to leave you with this ben you know obviously live shows you i mean congrats to you for keeping things going during the pandemic i've got to say with those streams and everything fair play <laughs> to you you. For keeping that going you. man. but it <laughs> must be so nice now to know that dates are in the diary and being able to actually just get yeah. back up on those stages again you know and also when you've got all these new songs to play that's got to be so nice to finally be able to see some audience reactions to it as well
0: it's been wonderful i mean we've we've we did some shows last september and we've done some shows in the spring and here in the summer and um yeah i think at some point in the depths of the pandemic i remember having a conversation with nick our bass player and saying something along the lines of you know i'm never going to complain about a sunday show in fill in the blank you know weird market or town somewhere in the world ever again i'm going to to feel so fortunate that we're even able to do it because having it taken away from us for almost two years is um was devastating i don't think any of us realized how important it was in our lives and i think i think for a lot of music fans myself included you know how much how much we all kind of leaned on live music as a place to kind of establish community define community so you know, I, I think I might have I, I did a one year anniversary of the live from home shows from the first anniversary of the first one. And I I think I might have said something like, you know, I really hope I don't have to do this again. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was I'm I was I, I enjoyed doing them. Uh, they provided me a lot of solace. as I. It seems they did other people who were watching them and a sense of normalcy and a routine. Um, but we're social creatures. We're meant to be with each other in, in our in each other's physical presence we're meant to be, you know, Hugging people and talking too close and dancing and you know fucking or whatever else we're doing that's what we're meant to do right so i i I feel very um i feel very uh I'm, I'm over I'm overjoyed that we're getting back to a sense of normalcy you know this this virus will probably be around in some capacity for the rest of our lives but you know we have vaccines and we have you know we have a lot of ways to kind of mitigate symptoms uh we have antivirals and I think that especially young people just need to get out and enjoy their lives they're young man like go out and have fun
1: yeah man it's so nice to see the audiences are appreciating it as much as the artists are i think live music being yeah back. it's really special feeling All yeah things, man. i mean it the
0: really shows nice. have been the shows have been crazy it's really like it really feels as if uh there's just there's just this like com- unbelievable release not only from the stage but from the audience you know people are just feeling so uh so relieved to be back in each other's presence
1: yeah really really nice to see it all Batman. it really is uh well in the meantime man, congrats on this record and you know best of luck with all the touring and everything we'll look forward to seeing you in the uk whenever that is and uh yeah enjoy your holiday and uh, and take care of yourself i'm sure we'll catch <laughs> well... up
0: soon all right all right sounds good i'll see you soon